Kia ora and welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. One that not only supports you and your family financially, but one that gives you the freedom to live the life of your dreams. I'm taking the many lessons learnt over the last two decades of running my own business and working with hundreds of clients to bring you what's working now conversations. I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you real stories from real people, including myself. We're going to talk about everything from how to get clarity on your vision, creating systems so you can automate and delegate, how to hire a kick-ass team that creates raving, returning and referring clients. We're even going to talk about how to kick those limiting beliefs to the curb so that you can flourish in your business. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, an Indigenous mama of three, fashion-loving sewist and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well and do the work to grow and scale your business your way. Hey everyone, welcome back to Business Your Way. Today, my guest is Danielle Cook, and she is a ghostwriter and copywriter for leaders and change makers. Today's conversation is going to be really great as we dive into storytelling in your business and what that means for you, how to think about it how to really leverage story in your business. So Danielle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just so thrilled to be here. Yeah. And to begin with, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Because I never do anyone's bio any justice. So I'll get you to introduce yourself, who you serve and what you do to make your moolah. Well, as you said, my name is Danielle Cook. I am a ghostwriter as well as a copywriter. And I've been doing so as my sole profession for the past four, almost five years. But before that, I actually uh, launched my career in the music industry. I worked in the music industry for a long time. And before I launched out on my own in business, I actually worked for an artist management company. And I'd always loved writing is something I was passionate about, learned about, took lots of classes on the side about, college courses, whatnot. And I would find myself doing a lot of writing on behalf of the artists that we were managing, answering their interview questions that are coming in from media outlets, writing their social media content for them, you name it. And so when the opportunity presented itself for me to make my way on my own as a business owner, I kind of just fell into copywriting and the ghost writing came along and now I help people who would like to write books, uh, turn their ideas into books that they can share with the world. And yeah, that's a little bit about my background story. And I work with primarily female business owners and thought leaders and whether it is helping them come up with a brand messaging around their business or helping them turn some content or an idea or a story that they've been noodling on for years is usually how it starts into a book. And ghostwriting, tell us a bit about what that is. For those that don't know what ghostwriting is, or maybe that's the first time they've heard of ghostwriting, 
tell us a bit about what that means, what that looks like. Yes. So a ghostwriter is a writer who you work with hand in hand to actually help you write your book. Now that dynamic can look a little bit different for every client, depending on what the client needs, but typically how it looks is the ghostwriter will uh, work with you to interview you through your content of your chapters. They'll ask you lots of questions. They'll have you dive into the stories And then from there, they will take all of that wonderful, beautiful content, all your ideas and thoughts, and translate it into the written format of a chapter. And then from there, you guys will work together hand in hand during the revision process to make sure that voice and tone sing. And then uh, if you're doing the traditional publishing route, they turn over, they help you turn over the manuscript to the publisher or take it through a final round of uh, proof editing, that type of thing before you self or hybrid publish. Which is different from a book editor? Yes, editing is actually <laughs> different <laughs> than ghostwriting. And there are several different forms of editing. So we can, we can dive into that if you'd like to. But the main thing to keep in mind with the ghostwriter is that they are helping you put pen to paper. Sometimes a client will come to me with like an outline of a chapter, or sometimes they'll come to me with like the first draft. And I still, if they have a first draft, I like to uh, still interview them around the chapter, get them to share a little bit more, ask more pressing questions. And then from there, usually I'll expand the chapter out, give it a nice narrative arc, maybe pop in another element or story that they didn't necessarily put into the first draft, but is a good fit. Ah, okay. Okay, nice. Because, yeah, I'm sure the book writing journey is such a mystery to most and it wouldn't be like on the top of their list because maybe they've got some thoughts around like, I'm not a really good writer. That's not my forte. That's not my thing. Or, you know, writing a book isn't necessarily something that they've thought about. So do the people that you work with, I'm really intrigued now. (laughs) Are they business people or are they people who have novel type stories? So are they more fiction or nonfiction that you're helping people with? So I am a nonfiction writer, but there are fiction writers, fiction ghost writers, which kind of blows my mind as a writer. (laughs) But I'm a nonfiction ghost writer. So I work with a lot of memoir, uh, prescriptive narrative sort of genre, which is where typically an author will tell a story and then connect it to a lesson, as well as like business or thought leadership style books. Okay, nice, nice. That gives me a really good picture now. So kind of what balance of your work is between like ghostwriting, copywriting at the moment? Probably at the moment, I am, uh, let's see, I would say 70% ghostwriting, 30% copywriting. So this past year, I have past 12 months, I've kind of expanded into the ghostwriting world and it's been a really wonderful fit. But I do have a couple copywriting clients that I still work with and I still work with people on one-off projects on the copywriting side. Mm. So down the road, I'll probably be releasing the copywriting templates that I've created um, as something I could sell to people so that they could write copy on their own. But for right now, I've got this nice 70-30 balance, which is really fun. Nice. How do people usually find you, Danielle? You know, if they're looking for ghostwriters, how how does one go around finding a (laughs) ghostwriter? 
There's several ways you could find a ghostwriter, including maybe you heard one on a, a guest interview on a podcast, but the publishing world is very word of mouth oriented. And so that is a large portion of how people get found. And then there are a couple different platforms out there that will help you almost like a marketplace. And you can look through and you can find an editor, you could find a ghostwriter, you could find that type of thing. You can find the publishing help that you're looking for. Okay. And it's important to find someone that fits with you because I imagine ghostwriters all write differently. And finding a ghostwriter that fits your style or personality or, you know, how important is that fit? It is definitely a big chemistry fit. Mm. Uh, Writing a book is a huge undertaking and writing a book with somebody is very vulnerable. You're opening yourself up to having somebody kind of dive into your idea, ask questions and sort of kind of become your thought partner in shaping the chapters and shaping the narrative arc of the book and the journey you want to take the reader on. So even if it is a business book, we both know like business is a journey and it is a transformative journey if there ever was one. And so a business book is going to have that transformative narrative arc as well that you're going to take a reader on. So it's really important to find somebody that you click with, that you feel like that there's some great energy between the two of you, that you can play off of each other well, kind of like playing doubles tennis. (laughs) And somebody that can really, uh, sorry encapsulate your voice in your tone and help you own your voice in your tone. And I suppose that's true for finding a copywriter too, hey? It's just finding the right person that can bring your tone personality to the fore in your copy, whether that's copy for social media, copy for a blog, copy for a sales page, whatever that copy is for, You really want that copywriter to write for you. Absolutely. If I had a nickel for every single time I had somebody say, I worked with a copywriter before, but dot, dot, dot. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you recommend people go about really identifying the right writer, copywriter, for them because if they're getting in a writer it's not their forte it's not their strength it's not the thing that they find that comes easy to them as a business person so how would you recommend that someone find that right fit copywriter well i would say first and foremost a schedule just a one-on-one video call interview with them get a you know get a 30 minute phone call on the books where you guys can meet, whether it's on a video chat or potentially in person, if you're in the same city, get a sense for each other. And then I would also say, ask to see a array of samples of work because you're not necessarily looking for somebody who has maybe written like 14 books, but you're looking for somebody who has written in a handful of different voices. So whether for me, it's one of the samples that I like to send out to potential clients is a speech that I wrote for a client. I'll also send out website copy. I will also send out a chapter sample. And they are all across different genres, different styles, and different voices. Because really what I want to show is that I'm not going to try to put the Danielle Cook you know, Instagram filter over your voice. I really want your voice to shine through. And I want to show you how I've done that for other people. 
like it. I like it lots because that's the hard part, right? It's like, gosh, how do I audition or interview the copywriter and know that they're the person for me? I suppose it's a bit like, you know, when we're hiring staff, we know what the skill is and we know what the culture fit has got to be. So bringing a staff member in, we know what we're looking for. But, you know, when we're going out looking for copywriters, we're like, oof, not sure what I'm looking for. So that's some really good advice. Yeah. And it's not required, but it is helpful if you have something in common with the copywriter. Mm. For instance, I just spoke with a potential client. He is a country music songwriter. And uh, we were able to talk about our time in the music industry together. And we both have a similar story of how we felt like the music industry found us. We didn't find it. (laughs) And so that was really fun. Whether it's maybe you guys both grew up in the same state or same province, or you guys both love the same sort of sport, having something that you can connect on outside of the project is helpful as well. Great. Good advice. What I'd like to dive into now is... How does a business person, so how does an agency owner, which is my target audience, I've got service providers, you know, working with clients to deliver services and help their clients that way. How does someone dive into their story and use their story in their business without making their business and themselves so the same person? So agency owners usually have a business name. They see the agency as being a separate entity to themselves. Unlike a personal brand, everything Mm -hmm. is built around the founder. And so that founder is key and integral to every part of the business. But when you're working in agency, usually the agency has a different entity. It has a different name. It has a different persona, heavily influenced by the founder of that agency but the agency owner's trying to keep it separate. Yeah. So how does an agency owner or founder extract their story, but influence the agency with their story at the same time? So there's a couple different things that I think that any agency owner can do to take their story and sort of infuse it Mm. into their brand's messaging, their website copy, First, I would say your tagline should in some way, shape, or form be connected to your founder story. It doesn't have to talk about your founder story in your tagline, but that usually it's your founder story. The reason why you founded your business, that essence should be conveyed in your company's main tagline or or maybe in your secondary taglines as well. So keep that in mind because then people will say, when you're connecting with them about your business or whatnot, they're like, oh, tell me about your tagline. They should be intrigued by it. It should start a conversation. And then you can dive into your founder story in those one-on-one conversations, which is where we know is like the richness of business. It happens in the one-on-ones in that like, oh my goodness, I was thinking about you after we had coffee last week. And your tagline can be a great way to introduce your founding story in conversations. I would also say you should have at least a one sentence, maybe two sentence hint back at your founding story. Jenna Kutcher does this really, really well. And of course she is her brand, but um, she is no longer a photographer, but I still remember she said, I got started with a Craigslist camera. 
She goes, I got started with a $300 Craigslist camera and I've never looked back. That's her founder story in one sentence. So if you can boil your founder story down to one sentence and then layer it into your website bio, then that gives people a little bit more sense of who you are, of how you started, of your your grit, your determination. So because it takes a lot to build an empire from a $300 Craigslist camera, (laughs) but she did it. And that journey has taken many twists and turns and evolutions to get to where she is today, you know, no longer being the photographer. So interesting. That's how you look at that. So how does one decide what that founding story is? You know, it might not be so simple as, you know, I brought a $300 camera off Craigslist in New Zealand that would be trade me, something like that. So how do you uncover what's the right story? Because you might have many, like I started my business because I needed more flexibility because, you know, I was pregnant with my first child because I got made redundant because, you know, there there could be multiple layers in the why you started your first business. How do you start to even uncover what that founder's story that you want to go with is? Well, it's a bit of a process and that's one of the reasons why you can hire a copywriter to help you. That's one of the things that I do is I help my clients write their bio and hone in on those powerful points of their story to help them kind of discern that. But I would say, start by writing down like what was the aha moment and what were the whys around that aha moment? So for you, just hearing like, okay, I was becoming redundant. I was expecting a baby. I was, you know, all these different areas. What I'm hearing is that your life was about to change significantly and you wanted more. And so your one sentence founder story would be something along the lines of, and work with me because I'm shooting from the hip here, (laughs) you know. On the eve of expecting my first child, I had the revelation that I wanted more and the time to go for it was now. Oh, how good. You just got all of that from what I just chucked at you. <laughs> exactly. The magic of working with a good copywriter, if I do say so myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and for someone like myself, because I profess to be a numbers girl and not a words girl. So give me a spreadsheet and numbers and I will play with that all day long. Give me words and I will take hours and hours and hours to come up with one sentence, you know. So to see that magic that you just did within a minute was like blew my mind. Well, and I would say I am not a numbers uh, girl. So thank God for women (laughs) like you every single day. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it's good that we all know that what our strengths are and then play to them and then get someone to help us do the things that we're not good at. Right. Absolutely. I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a big favor. If you are loving this podcast and this episode, I would be grateful if you could share it with a friend. Or even better yet, jump over onto Instagram and share it on your stories. Don't forget to tag me, I'm sandrajulian.co. That really is the best way for others to find out about this podcast, and I thank you in advance. Alrighty, back to the episode. So how do you then see this uncovering of that founder's story playing into a business on other levels? 
So once you kind of have that idea of your founder story, that kind of crux, and we're going to run with this idea that I should have shot with the hip of, for you of, I was on the verge of expecting my first child and I knew I wanted more. And if I was going to go for it, the time is now. I would say we've just kind of, you know, written that just now here in this moment, but just from listening to your podcast episodes, I would say that you speak to a large portion of your audience who are in some way, shape or form are in the same position. They started a business because they wanted more and they decided now's going to be the time I'm just going to go for it. So you will find it kind of like working its way into your business anyways, relatively organically, because it's usually at the heart of why you're doing what you're doing and how we want to help other people. I like that because, you know, in business, you always attract like-minded people with your business. That's that's how they come to you because they have a, a can they feel like they have a connection with you or you get them or yeah there is some level of personal relationship that they feel that they can relate to you which is why they're coming yes so how else do we utilize this story because the other one is, you know when we're in business we're like your values are the filter by which you make decisions and put boundaries into your business. And so coming up with the core values for your business is like in my books, I think it's one of the fundamentals because everything should run through your core values in your business to know whether it is right for you or it's not. So should I work with this client or should I refer them on? Should I employ the staff member or should I not? Should I merge into working in this field or should I stay in my lane over here? You know, all of these decisions that we have to make in business come through our core values, which help us make really smart aligned decisions. So how do we get our story playing in and aligned to our values and our mission for that point, you know? I would say that your founding story, which usually encapsulates your why, should inform your core values, especially as an agency owner or if you have a team underneath you. Mm -hmm. I think it can be really easy to look at your values and try to define them by what you want to see everybody else do. But I think that your company's core values should come out of your why and your passion, which is usually deeply connected to that founder story. And then when you do that and you're going to go try to make a decision and to see if it's aligned with your core values, if your core values are aligned with like your deepest why, with that aha moment, with that spark where you got the idea, your business is going to continue to feel life-giving as opposed to another, oh, do I have to do this? I can't do this anymore, you know? And so if when you keep that founding story of why you started in the first time and it's infused into those core values and how you make the decisions, then it prevents you from burning out in the long run. That's so true. That's so true. Your core values then turn into something that you want to become as opposed to something that you're trying to do. Oh, that's such a good differentiation. I like that lots. And so how do we start, Danielle? How does someone start? Because I'm sure 
you know, there's lots of business people out there that whether they are service providers, still solopreneurs, or whether they've got a small team beginning that agency journey, they've probably probed and proed, you know, around in their story and they've tried taglines, which, you know, are cute and fancy and, you know, and it's changed multiple times because it's not quite sitting or resonating or, you know, it's still not something that has landed for the business owner. Where do you suggest that they start to really dive into uncovering that story that they want to then hold on to and build the rest of their business around? Where, Where does someone start with that? So while I would eventually recommend long-term finding this within ourselves, when you're just getting started, take a step back and look at the moments and the conversations you've had with other business owners, with trusted loved ones, with complete strangers, and think about the times where you have shared either a portion of your story with somebody or your founding story, and they went, wow they have that wow moment. Maybe even they say, this is something people like to say when they hear a good story is that should be a book. (laughs) That is a great place to start when you're exploring, honing in on what your founding story is. And I would even say, get really quiet, get a journal, get a pen and paper, get away from the digital world for just a few minutes, get outside if you can, and just journal for a little bit and start to write out the story of what you feel like brought you to start your business. Because sometimes just getting slow and getting intentional and kind of closing all the different browser tabs in our mind and giving a chance to focus will give you the space for that story to come up from inside of you. Yeah. And that sounds easier than actually doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, when I look back on my, you know, story at the beginning, I didn't intentionally set out to start my own business. I was mm-hmm. actually approached by a coworker who said, you know, we could do this. We could, you know, help people with their own businesses. We could help them start their businesses. You know, we're already being asked by people in our networks to help them set up their company to how do I do my, you know, tax? How do I, you know, they were asking us all of these questions. So it was, you know, in a morning tea room when we were just talking around what could that potential be? Yeah. You know, and and I I don't think I came up with that idea. You know, I was just, hap- I think I happened to be the right person at the right place at the right time with the right skills, talking to the right person who had the idea, which led to business. And we started the own business, but it wasn't until three years into our business where she decided she wanted to go and do something different, which just left me with the decision of, oh, do I carry on? Or do I put this in a box and say, that was a great part of my life. And that was a great experience and go get a J-O-B. You know, so I chose the business path at that point. But, you know, where it wasn't intentional, I was just following it on somebody else's coattails initially, you know. You know, so what do you say to people who, you know, like me, who 
it landed in their lap and they just followed their nose as opposed to actually going, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to give up my corporate job or give up whatever I was doing, which is what I hear a lot of people say too. And that's great. But, you know, not everyone's stories are so black and white, I suppose. Sure. And I can absolutely relate with that. I actually have a very similar story found uh, myself uh, kind of thrown into copywriting. Uh, A friend had heard of another friend who's a business owner who had worked with a copywriter, but dot, dot, dot. She was very unhappy with what she had done, um, rewriting her website bio. And she goes, you know what? My friend Danielle, she has written bios for the artists she used to work for. And I think that she's got some time on her hands because I just had a newborn baby and I wasn't going back to work. (laughs) And And she was like, okay, yeah, like, let's give it a try. And I uh, wrote her bio and she loved it. And she recommended it to, recommended me to four or five different other people and a business was born. So for those, anybody who found themselves just kind of falling into it, I would say that is the one of some of the best stories, but also you wouldn't have fallen into it or jumped into it, I should say, unless there was something inside of you that wanted it in the first place. Because even when you fall into it, like you have, you have like all these, you know, when you get on the, I would say when you get on the highway of business ownership of entrepreneurship, there's tons of exit ramps along the way. Mm. And at some point you just start passing the exit ramps. (laughs) You stop, you stop passing the J-O-Bs and you stop passing the, the, like, maybe I won't take that. You go, no, what I'm going to go for it. You know, or when someone says, Hey, can you do this? You go, yes, I can. And then you go home and Google it. (laughs) (laughs) I have done that before too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So even if you fall into it, there's a part of you that stays in it because something inside of you needed it, wanted it, was craving it. Ah. And tapping into that ethos, that essence can really help inform your taglines, your messaging, your founder story, tapping into that, that why that maybe you weren't even consciously were aware of at the time. Yeah. And that's just it, isn't it? Not consciously aware of just following an opportunity that presented itself in a way you went until you came to your next fork in the road. And then you decided, oh, yeah, I'm going to take that path. In a way you go, life could look different if if you'd taken that, you know, if you'd taken that off ramp. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right. So does a story have to be well-defined or, you know, what's the difference between a good story and an okay story? It's honest. And I think that we all know those stories that don't feel quite honest because we don't remember them. They don't jump off the page. You know, if you scroll through somebody's, website about me and you can't remember anything 20 minutes later, there's probably a part of it that was not honest. So sure, they they probably, they're, I'm not saying that anyone's being dishonest about their credential or their experience or whatnot, but there might not have been any heart in it. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no memorability, if that's even a word. How, how many times might a story evolve before someone really lands on the this is the version. I would say if you're being authentic and honest, I think that you can usually get it in two to three revisions. It usually happens pretty quickly. And it's usually, you know, that, that first revision, you know, the revision shouldn't be heavy overhauls. They should be like slight, slight tweaks. Like, Hey, let's reorganize this sentence. Like, 
wait, let's move this from this paragraph here and this move this to this paragraph there because all the puzzle pieces should feel there if you're being honest from the get-go. And you're just telling your story as raw story. It's turning that raw rambling of this is what happened because again, if we're just looking at me and how I tell a story, I'm very like chronological about it and very yeah. factual about it, you know? So when I'm talking about stuff, it's like, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, this, and this, is, and this is how I got here, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's no, there's no emotion usually, or there's no effective storytelling in it. It's very fact because, you know, I'm a numbers person. So one plus one is two. That's it. Like, the yeah. story there's no yeah there, there's no emotion in that it's just fact so you know taking someone's story which is fact mm-hmm. and making that into a story that is compelling or that has attraction yeah that's the not so easy bit right yeah it has heart to it if you yeah. will yeah and then how does that happen? How do you take the facts and the chronological life approach into giving it heart? So as part of my process as a copywriter and a ghostwriter, we do a little bit of research on the front end where I ask you a whole lot of questions that have nothing to do with your business. <laughs> I will ask you, tell me what your perfect vacation looks like. (laughs) I will ask you, what is your favorite recipe to make? I will ask you, tell me about a time where you were really scared, but you decided to be courageous and, and do the thing you had to do. Tell me about those times. And I would say, I kind of listen in. I listen in at how your voice changes, at how your tone changes, um, how your eyes light up, of how maybe like your shoulders relax, or maybe how your uh, your hand gestures get bigger and bigger as you get more excited. And I look for the isms that you start to use and then just sort of infuse that into the facts that are there so that when somebody reads it, they get the whole picture. You know, they get the facts and they get the heart. They get the, you know, this really great sense of who you are as a person. And rounded in some beautifully worded sentences, I've got no doubt. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's usually the goal, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the thought of doing that myself is just like, oh my gosh, I've got no idea. So, you know, I appreciate someone like yourself who can extract that from us and, you know, turn our story into a heartfelt array of beautiful words that is so true to us. Like, I think that is a real skill and a gift. Oh, thank you so much. So if people are interested to know more about how you can take their story and turn it into some words and some beautifully crafted, heartfelt stories that they can then infuse into their business, how do they reach you, Danielle? They can find me on my website, which is Danielle, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E, cook, like in the kitchen, C-O-O-K. Dot co. Oh, dot co. Beautiful. I'm a dot co as well. And do you hang out on social media anywhere? What's your favorite social media hangout? These days I'm over on Instagram occasionally, and my handle is Danielle Christine dot C. Perfect. All right. 
I'm going to drop all of those into the show notes. And if anyone wants to reach out to Danielle and get her to start crafting your story so you can then infuse that into your business, I'm a fan already. Just let's do it. Let's put <laughs> yeah. a grand message package together for you, girl. Uh, that sounds <laughs> that sounds what I need, definitely. Danielle, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. That was extremely helpful and insightful for me anyway. So if it was insightful for me, I'm sure it would have been insightful for our listeners of the podcast. I appreciate you taking some time to come share with us today. And we will definitely talk again soon. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much for having me. Before you go today, I wanted to say thank you for being here and listening all the way to the end. All of the links to this week's episode can be found in the show notes. Or if you like to read a really good blog, then you can head over to my website at sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast. Now you've probably realized that running a business is not for the faint hearted. There are challenges coming at you left, right and centre every day. But I'm here to tell you that challenges are only challenges because you haven't yet found an answer to them. The solution could actually be easier than you may think. But if you're anything like me, you tend to overthink or overanalyze the solution that is right in front of you. So what do you have to do to become the best boss you could possibly be? Well, you could go and take my two-minute free agency owner persona quiz at sandrajulian.co forward slash quiz. Here you'll find out how you can scale and streamline your business without compromising you and your lifestyle. I can't wait to know what your results are. So once you've done the quiz, why don't you take a screenshot, jump over to Instagram, share it on your stories, and don't forget to tag me. I'm at sandrajulian.co. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you hit the subscribe button to get notified of the new episodes as soon as they're released. And if you listen on Spotify or the Apple Podcast app, then I'd really appreciate if you could rate the show and perhaps leave a quick review if you are on the Apple app. Those five stars would mean the world to me and it would help get this show in the ears of more online service business owners. Alrighty, my friend, have the most productive week and I will talk to you again real soon.